Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right. Welcome, guys, to the uh, first ever uh, rankings podcast. I'm Christian Piles, and uh, I'm going to be joined by my buddy Ben Golden. Uh, Ben is um, the guy that has been uh, doing the rankings with me since I started doing the rankings at Flow, even before I was, like, officially established at Flow. Willie asked me to do the rankings, and I immediately uh, asked Ben if he would help me in. So whether you think these are, are the, uh, the worst rankings or, or the very best, they are that because of this guy, Ben Golden. So, Ben, how's it going for you today? Oh, it's going quite well. It's going quite well in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Good, good. Yes, you are a, a proud. Yeah, things are good in, in Buckeye land. You guys uh, survived against Northern Illinois. Ben was an uh, Ohio State alum. And, uh, of course, they're the reigning national champions, so last year was a good year for Ben. And um, we're going to get started. We're going to do these um, weight by weight. And, as you know, we're going to release these one day at a time, um, starting with 125 pounds, where um, Nathan Tomasello, returning champ, not a huge surprise. He's He was number one to end the season. And, basically, our uh, our postseason rankings and these preseason rankings – there's not going to be a lot of major changes. Like, that's going to be the rough shell, right? And then we're plugging in red shirt types of guys like Nico, uh, Megalutis, Darian Cruz, and, and uh, on down the line, maybe some guys that weren't ranked beforehand. So, Ben, let's talk about um, maybe for, for those. Uh, for me, Nico and Nathan Tomasello is maybe closer than some people realize. Did you I mean, was, was it worth considering him? Uh, at number one, or are you feeling pretty good about him at two? Well, I th- I think it's it's worth cons- it's something. Nico Megalutis is a guy who you know since his freshman year he made the finals. You know it's it, it's you can't discount a guy like that. You have to give it a lot of consideration. Um, you know, and he's been top three every year. So you can't toss him off, even though he was a little bit, well, actually totally out of sight, out of mind last year with having not wrestled. Yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, it's like Tomasello is the champ. He's done, you know, in one year what Megalutis hasn't been able to do, you know, in, in his three years. And part of that was being Jesse Delgado, you know, in, at the NCAA tournament, even if Delgado, you know, may not have been, you know, himself, you know, he's pretty obviously hindered by something towards the end of the year. But, but nonetheless, you know, Nathan Tomasello got it done. He is the champ. He beat pretty much all the best guys to do it. You know, yeah. he beat a, a number one, Alan Waters, who was undefeated all year. Um, he beat a Thomas Gilman in the, you know, in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, he and then he beat you know, Zeke Moisey. But, uh, you know, so, so he beat. You know, all, he beat all the the right guys to earn the title of champion. You know, he has the quality wins, and he is the champ. I, I think, you know, you've got to give him that, even though even if you acknowledge 
that Nico Megalutis is the truth. And, you know, he could come in, and, and that's going to be a match to circle on your calendars whenever it winds up happening. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, I think Nico, I don't know. I haven't done my preseason predictions yet, but Nico might be my guy. Another one that might um, confuse, maybe not confuse, I don't know. Maybe it's not confusing, I don't know. But Zeke Moisey, we all saw it. He he owned Thomas Gilman in that NCAA semi-match. But we have Gilman over Moisey. We did it at the end of the year last year. Um, uh, uh, any second thoughts there? I'm feeling great about it considering the season, the complete season that Gilman had, whereas Moisey was a lot less consistent. Um, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you feeling good about that one? I am. And, and, you know, this is something that we obviously talked through with the, doing the end-of-the-year rankings. But, you know what, we have the Gilman over Moisey decision, and then there's a perhaps a similar decision right below that with, keeping Joey Dance above Connor Uchi when where you have a you know a, a contrast between okay this guy did a lot a lot better during the entire season but this guy outperformed him at the NCAA tournament that's the case with Moisey outplacing Gilman and then Uchi outplacing Dance and, and in fact both of them beating winning the head-to-head matches but you know usually we place a lot of emphasis on the NCAA tournament, but it's, you know, it's not the whole story, um, even if it's a, a big piece. So I feel good about those, though. Yeah. You know, um, you know, certainly, you know, the future will tell us, you know, if they, it needs to be sorted out. But I think, you know, you've got some guys who are very consistent performers and Gilman and Dance, and, you know, they need to be respected. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and we didn't get too much backlash t- towards the end of the year, so I guess people understood. I mean, Moisey, I think, went from 18th to 4th um, in, right. in the ranking, so it's not like we didn't give him a ton of love. We gave him a ton of love. Same for same for Utsi beating Dance, but yeah, those guys had such fantastic seasons, Dance and Gilman, respectively, that you can't just um, look at NCAA. So, um, another one that, you know, anytime you got guys redshirting, it's tough because you don't know how, you know, are they just showing up at these tournaments just like, hey, just get a little mat time. How much are they peaking? What's their training like? So Darian Cruz comes in, and he's a returning All-American. And people, I mean, one thing that has always kind of annoyed me, and maybe it's annoyed you a little bit, is like the people that just like foam at the mouth over over being an an All-American, which – we're not belittling the accomplishment, but um, I think people sometimes just get too beholden to it, and they kind of miss the point on kind of who Darian Cruz has been as a collegiate wrestler, both um, in redshirt and out of it. So we have him at 11. He's a returning All-American um, from two years ago, and he redshirted last year. His only notable win over Sean Russell, and he knocked off, uh, he fell to Dom Forey's Dom Parisi, so just avoid doms altogether, I guess. And uh, Ben Williford and Dalton Macri. So those guys are all solid, but um, you know, I, in a way, it's like we're we're being a little generous with Darian because it's not like, and, and maybe you'll disagree, but it's not like he was uh, phenomenal. He was a borderline NCAA qualifier up until EIWAs, and as a true freshman, then he plays. So. Um, you know, are we a little high on him? Are we a little low on Cruz? I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, that's it's very tough because it's like you have – he came in as a true freshman. Right. Uh, like, as you said, a pretty mediocre year, and then he wrestled one year, and now a year later we're seeing 
a lot of other guys established themselves. So it, you know, and you know, it, it's a, it's not like we have this huge sample size to to look to from Darian Cruz, but what we have is pretty much a a, a good wrestler, um, you know, who's talented, but certainly drops a, a high number of of matches in the regular season, and and happened to squeak out a placement at the the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, at his true freshman year, he really turned it up alongside Joey Dance that year, uh, you know, yeah. to make the podium. Um, so it's Andrew given the, the fact that was the year Andrew Hall, Hall, I think, I don't know if they were all three unranked, but they're all three definitely from like 17 to unranked Hall, Dance, right. Hall, Dance and Cruz all placing. It was totally crazy, but yeah, he never had like terrible losses or anything, but you know, he loses. He lost a couple times to Petrov, and he lost to Anthony Zanetta, and didn't really have the big wins. And even, you know, Earl Hall still probably his best um, collegiate win to date. So that's where we landed at with Cruz. I felt like that was um, uh, an appropriate landing landing place for for Darian, and obviously he's a super talent and with potential to go go a lot higher. Um, so then yeah, we... you compare him to like a you know you look at the guys who are above him. You have right above him, you got a, a Ronnie Bresser, and you know Ronnie Bresser beat you know Tyler Cox at the NCAA tournament. Uh, you, you know, and and that's that's a, a better win right there than than Cruz had the entire year last year. Bresser right. wrestled a full schedule. I'm not sure that he had any losses um, quite as bad. Maybe maybe an Evan Silver. Uh, not to say that, you know, losing to Dom Forrest or Parisi are bad losses, but, you know, in a much longer season, Bresser, you know, didn't have as, as many, you know, bad losses maybe. So, um, you know, you you got to honor, you got to, you got to feel good about Bresser, even if, you know, Cruz is the returning All-American a year removed. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so then we, we start, um, bringing in some guys that were unranked, a couple freshmen. Um, you've got a guy like Dalton Macri, who I'm super excited. Now, of course, uh, I'll preface this with the, that Cornell lineup is is not set, guys. And um, I'm going a little on, you know, intel and a little on gut that Macri's going to be the guy at 25 and they're going to move Nashon up. Um, obviously, Nashon's been at 125 for three years, so him finishing his career at 125, Shouldn't shock anybody, and obviously he's probably the number, I don't know, three or four or so. I'm not, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really sure where he was slotting at 25, but he's a top five guy. But I'm going with my gut. I think it's going to be Macri, and I think he's going to do a really solid job. Um, he beat the aforementioned uh, Darian Cruz and Sean Russell, who Cruz also beat, and his only losses were to Conway and Clamara, two All Americans last year. So limited. Um, schedule for Macri. He was um, doing the Finger Lakes thing, and it's hard to find all his results, but those were the ones I was able to stumble upon. So maybe he could be a little higher. I don't know, but I, I feel good about where he is with Petrov in front of him. Petrov's a guy, shoot, he beat Yutzi. He's got quite a few um, really solid wins. He beat Moisey, so he's got wins over several All Americans. So I feel really good about where Macri slots. Um, additionally, we've got a guy like uh, Trey Andrews, Brandon Jeske, just some more uh, guys that weren't, weren't extremely consistent, but you know, a guy like Andrews had some really nice wins. He beat Moisey. 
Brandon Jeske. You know, he beat Sean Boyle and Paul Petroff and Parisi. So, but w- with those good wins, you've got some some crazy losses that are like you got to like look up who some of these guys are that they lost to. Um, and then someone like Nick Herman at twenty, who is maybe a little more consistent with those guys, but doesn't have those uh, the super super wins. Um, you know. Dom Forey, D'Angelo, and Andrews are probably his best wins. But he doesn't have a bad losses. And a lot of people are going to say, Nick Harmon was round of 12. He was round of 12. Well, honestly, I don't really care about that. Um, that doesn't really matter to me. The wins and losses contained within them are hold the the weight for, for Nick Harmon. It's not the fact that you were technically in, in the top 12. That doesn't always mean much. And there, you have to also recall that there was a – an injury default to Jesse Delgado in that NCAA tournament. So um, if you're a, and I'm a Virginia, you know, I'm from Virginia. I like Virginia teams. I want to see them all do really well, but uh, I can't, you know, Herman's a, a borderline rankable guy. If, if you actually look at, at the results, um, someone like, and someone I was like uh, a little bit, I don't know. I was out of control. Like when I did my first run at these, um, before Ben and I started talking, I had Nathan Boston at 14. I don't, I don't know what, what, what got into me. He wrestled three matches. He won one of them, but Nathan Boston, um, I think is going to be really good and he's not really rankable yet, despite what I tried to do earlier. Um, but with a win over Michich, and this was tough, Ben, and, and you can maybe help, you know, we kind of flirted with, with throwing him in there at 19 or 20 because the win over Michic, uh, that, that really means something when you consider, he beat Yutzi and Terrao and Mines and Russell last year. So um, to maybe talk a little about why we didn't we, we didn't go with with um, with Boston instead of someone like Herman. Well, it you know it, it's tough. Well, first of all, just a lot of the beginning of the year, the first set of rankings. You know, you have all the seniors out. It's a lot of times hard to fill in these last few spots. It's you know, you're looking at a guy, a lot of guys who have comparable, you know, resumes. Um, you know, there's often not a clear-cut pecking order among the the new entrants to the rankings. This is this is one of the times where it, you know there will probably be other weight classes where it's a lot more difficult to fill these in. But but this is one of this 20 spot is, is certainly one of those you know tough decisions. But with Nathan Boston, I, I think it comes down to just sample size. You know, you have he lost to a, a teammate and to Allen Waters, which you can't hold him against them. But you know, ultimately he wrestled three matches, um, and and beyond that, what he has is a high school. Team. Do you hear and my he, son crying? I, I do, oh and it's, it's endearing to my heart. <laughs> um, I don't know why he's crying. Uh, keep talking, Ben. I'm going to see if I can take care of this real quick. Keep going. This is this is the first time. All ever. right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Nathan Boston, in addition to the Nietzsche win, you know, what he has is a, a high school name. He's a highly ranked guy coming out of high school. And that's something that we as rankers always have to combat ourselves, you know, from putting too much stock into that. Because, you know, what you did in high school doesn't, you know, we don't want to give much, you know, much credence to, to that. We don't want to let that carry too much weight in these because everyone in college has done a lot in high school and plenty of guys who are in high school don't have the drive or their drive is surpassed by other guys when they get to, to high school. There's plenty of 
highly ranked high schoolers that come out and, you know, and, and don't, for whatever reason, you know, perform as highly when they get to college. So we have to be weary of that. And in light of Nathan Boston having just three matches and one win last year, albeit over Michich, you know, we've got we've to gotta be careful with him, uh, let him work his way in. He gets some wins. I'm sure he'll make his way into these rankings. Yeah, for sure. And this was um... – I got a feeling as uh, there's there's some other weights coming up where we're we're maybe going to turn some more heads than this one, but I felt like this weight uh, played fairly straight. wasn't didn't give us too many um, too many problems, but obviously we've got a we've got a whole other set of rankings to do. We have to do 33 through 285 and a comp- what's going to be a completely revamped pound for pound rankings as well. So. Um, we'll look forward to that. Thank you, Ben, for, for hopping on the first one of these and, uh, we'll see you for 133. Thanks guys.